Blow in this place this morning. Blow. And a wave of your spirit blow this morning. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for the body of Christ, Lord. I thank you for each and every person that are representing their families this morning. I thank you for them this morning, Lord God. I thank you that they were beating into your spirit, God, and came to the house of God, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. I give you honor and I give you praise this day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we stand on our feet this morning and give God some praise? Open up your mouth and bless the name of the Lord this morning. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand on our feet and give them some praise. We welcome you if you're joining with us this morning. Go ahead and click the like, subscribe button, and the share button. Put those hands together like this. Hallelujah. That we might become his righteousness. His body was broken for our transgressions. But I'm so glad that's not where the story ends. The lamb that was slain that day rose in victory. Hallelujah. He's alive. Hallelujah. Everybody 
forget this is an annual thing they do. So it's only once a year. So we ask that you come out and support them. Also come out and worship because when it's all said and done God inhabits our praise. Amen. I guess that day is going to be the Peabody marching band. So I look forward to celebrating our choir and our young folks who are in the band over there. And they're good. They are really one thing that's impressed me a lot about that school marching band is that they are not afraid to do secular music. Other schools, they're busy doing classical stuff. And Peabody has always had the courage to step out of the box. So I commend them for that. I look forward to seeing them. Also, August 28th, we are planning to do what we call COVID-19 clinic again. And basically, don't let that word throw you off. We are basically going to open our church properties and use our resources. We have a lot of manpower when it comes to getting word out. Many of you don't know this, but there are nine tools in our arsenal to communicate whatever we want to, to the community. So we turn loose all those resources, get the word out. The goal is to get people who are not yet fascinated, to get them to take their shot so that 
people can live and not die. So it's a good, a good thing. So if you have children age 12 and up, you know they've opened it up to children now and you're watching the news. A lot of children are getting sick. We don't want that. And you know what they are saying about our community. So this is your church reaching out and to help the community, the state. We are working with our politicians and our governor. Everyone is on board. We have a team of nurses. We have doctors. I mean, we are truly blessed in this church. So please mark your calendar and help us to get the word out. We're going to have all the three brands of fascination so you get to choose which one you want. So that's how generous the government has been. So these fascines will be available. Tell your loved ones. If you love people, you have to share with them what you know that's working for you. So that's what true love is all about. Just invite them, tell them it's available in their own neighborhood. Uh, and and sometimes people are encouraged when they found out the people that will be giving the shot look like them, talk like them, they're members of their church. So it's a win-win situation. All right? Let me also encourage you today, uh, please don't forget to give for the work of the ministry. After church is over, uh, at the back of the church, we have our lovely ushers, men and women that will be glad to serve you. So give as the Lord prosper you. And likewise, if you are if you have been touched by the Lord and you would like to be a part of this church. So after worship, uh, my wife and I will be standing right here. We pray that the Holy Spirit will lead you to come. And we want to, you to be a part of what God is doing here at Zion Hill. Amen. All minds clear. All of you who are watching us live streaming, uh, please continue to support this church. You can also be a part of what God is doing. If you would like to give, just go to our website, zionhill.com, and you will see opportunity there for giving. Those of you who are here visiting for the first time, you are inside the building. Don't hesitate to stop by the guest center in the lobby. And there you see our staff. We want to bless you. We have a gift for every one of our guests. So please stop by. This is our way of saying thank you for making Zion Hill your place of worship today. And finally, let's continue to do what we do as COVID protocols. Um, basically, when you come, 
make sure you wear your mask and also do your best to sit down at a distance. Uh, you can sit down with your loved ones, just like my wife and I, we, we sat down together today. You see a lot of couples, you can sit down with your children or your, or your loved ones, uh, but let's space out as much as possible. And also, I want you to know, every time you're gathered here, what we do is to sanitize the whole building before you get here. And then once you finish, before the next group gets here, we also sanitize the building. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Your church is on top of things. And we are grateful to all of our staff for making that happen for all of us. Amen. Thank you, all of our guests, for being here. Some of you are returning guests. We are grateful for your presence. It's always a joy. I see one of our own Deaconess, uh, Deaconess Cordelia. We, are, we thank you for being here. We love you. It's a joy to see you back home. Uh, some of other visitors in the house, please. Let us know you're here. We just want to celebrate you. We want to thank God for you. Amen. All minds clear. All right. If you have your Bible, please open to the book of Deuteronomy. We want to be short and sweet today. I have a very simple message to all of us. And then we can go home fellowship with our loved ones. Thank you, worship team. You did a very good job. The book is Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse number 18. The Bible said, But thou shalt remember who the Lord thy God. Why? Because it is he that give you something. What did he give you? Power to do what? Take note of that. One thing about your God. He gives you power to get wealth. So my assignment today is to show you how to get that wealth. It is very, very important that every child of God have what God has made available to you. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for it is he is him that gives you power to get wealth. And there's a reason why he did that. He gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore unto the fathers as it is this day. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful 
for the opportunity to learn and to grow. We just don't want to be saved and going to heaven. We want to have all that God has in stock for every one of his children. Thank you for provisions. Thank you that you have made a way for us. Now we pray for wisdom to understand what you have made provided for us. Use me, O oh God, to teach your word, to preach and proclaim it rightly, accurately for your glory. Help us to be good hearers. Help our inner man to grab hold of serious revelation from heaven. And today we thank you for your presence in our midst. We ask you, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Our subject for discussion is titled, An Introduction to Kingdom Wealth. An Introduction to Kingdom Wealth. Please take note that I am not just going to be sharing with you about wealth. I'm going to be sharing with you about kingdom wealth. In the passage I just read to your hearing, you saw clearly that among many things that God has made, provided for his children, he has made a way that you will have wealth. And the reason why he wants you to have wealth, the Bible says, so that he might establish his covenant with you. So, we have to ask ourselves, what is wealth? What are we talking about? Ladies and gentlemen, please don't look at that word from your American or cultural mindset. You have to look at things from God's mindset. Wealth simply means wholeness. What did I call it? It is the will of God that every one of his children be made whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken in your life, in my life. When you have wholeness, according to the word of God, you are wealthy. So my assignment today is to walk you through how you can be made whole, how you can be wealthy, how you can get what God has made provision for you. All minds clear? Ladies and gentlemen, the first thing you need to know is that there are different types of wealth in the word of God. And God wants you as his children to have every one of it. So as I reveal this thing to you, you, 
It's your job to take an inventory of your life. And whatever you don't have, after today, you're free to have it. Say amen to that. The first kind of wealth in the word of God is what we call spiritual wealth. What did I call it? God has provided for every one of his children to have spiritual wealth. That's what we call in the Bible, we call it being rich towards God. You'll be amazed how many people are living in object poverty in this area. You're a member of the church. You're on your way to heaven, but you are not rich towards God. If you are spiritually bankrupt, you need to know God has made provision for you to have spiritual wealth. He wants you to be rich towards him. Think about it. If you have $1 billion in your bank account, but your spiritual life is out of order, you are the, the poorest human being that ever lived. And there are many people in the house of God. They are wealthy in other areas, but when it comes to their spiritual wealth, they are very poor. And because spiritual wealth trumps everything. So if you have plenty of money, but you don't have spiritual wealth, you're a very poor person. Today we want every member of this church to get out of poverty. Say amen to that. In the book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 36, you hear the Bible say, what shall it profit a man? What shall it profit a woman? If you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul. So you can see God is, is warning you and me that spiritual wealth is critical. It's not enough for you to have good job or good career or you have a big house, or you have all these other things. If you lose your soul, you are the poorest human being on earth. My friend, you need to be wealthy spiritually. Tell somebody I got it. There's another kind of wealth Number two is called wealth of the soul. You call it solical wealth. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about your soul. Your soul, ladies and gentlemen, includes your intellect, your will, your emotion. I'm talking about intellectual, emotional development. What is my message to you? You have to develop yourself intellectually. 
There are many children of God. They are saved. They're on their way to heaven, but intellectually, they're very poor. Slow mind. God intended for you to be wealthy in your soul. Ladies and gentlemen, please take note. God gave you a brain. You missed a good place to shout. Every one of you under the sound of my voice, you are given a brain. But guess what? It is your job to develop it. And you'll be amazed how many people have brain, but they don't use it. I have a practice in my home. I'm glad some of my children are here, my spouse. They will ask me a question, and I will refuse to answer it. I know the answer, but I say, you got brain, use your brain. I said, my goodness, I'm not going to be here forever. You got the same brain that I have. Can you use that brain? And amazingly, they'll figure it out. And they will tell me the answer. Then I'll say, well, if you're this smart, why did you come to me? Ladies and gentlemen, we are obligated to develop our brain. Please notice that the brain comes with nothing in it. Trying to help somebody. When you are born, God gives you that brain. It's fresh from above. It's like the hardware of a computer. I have a lot of computers because of the nature of my my work, one day not too long ago, I called my son in the ministry, Terrence. I said, look, I need another computer. He was trying to, to ask me, well, why you got so many already? I said, just, just do it. You hook a brother up and tell me how much. And sure enough, he did. So my intention is to use that new computer just for my music. I write songs. I program songs. You probably heard the worship team this morning. Many of my musicians are absent. Guess what? He had to do. He had to program. All right? But when that computer, God is my witness. The brother is in the house. When the computer came, there's absolutely nothing in it. The same thing with your brain. Then it's your job to decide what you're going to put in it. It's your job to download, <laughs> help me, Holy Spirit, whatever you want. God is so good, he made you wealthy. But what you do with it is up to you. You need to become wealthy in your soul. And I told you, your soul includes your mind. 
your will, your emotion. Now I'm asking you, develop it. I'm amazed how many people in the house of God, they are emotional basket. Little thing happen, they just fall apart. It blows my mind how many people are freaking out. And they are children of God. That God has made wealthy, but they are not using the wealth God gave them. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not good to have plenty of money in the bank, but you have no intelligence to manage it. I'm trying to help somebody today. I don't mind telling you, I spent many days helping ministers of the gospel who are called. They know the Bible. They're preaching it. But you see, it's not enough to know because knowledge is information. Understanding is comprehension. Wisdom is when you apply. Jesus. I want to see everybody in this church spiritually wealthy. Solically wealthy. So that when you show up anywhere, when you open your mouth, people have to listen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember Solomon? Solomon had an encounter, familiar story. And God was so pleased with his offering. God said, ask me anything you want. Notice that Solomon did not ask for one dime. That's why I say you got to, you got to move away from your cultural understanding of wealth. Wealth is much deeper than just money. He never asked God for one penny. What he did ask for is that God will give him knowledge, understanding, wisdom. What Solomon was doing is to say, Lord, give me a solical wealth. Not financial wealth. Give me wealth of the soul. Because if my soul is wealthy, I know every other thing will be all right. Hallelujah. I'm trying to help somebody. Remember Todd John. Verse number two. Beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in good health. And watch this, watch this. Even as your soul. So there is a wealth of the soul. Even as your soul prosper. If you have every 
if you own every bank in this community, but your soul is poor, your money would not last. Can I keep it 100? Many of the challenges we face in the state of Louisiana is due to poverty. My assignment today is to make sure that everybody here is rich. Poverty would disgrace people. Poverty will make your opinion. That's right. You need to learn how to be wealthy. God wants you to be spiritually wealthy. Rich towards God. When you are rich towards God, you go for job interview. Even before you get there, God already knows every... Ah, hallelujah, heavenly Jesus. You need to prosper your soul too. Wealth of the soul. It means your health, your wealth depends on your mental state. When we're talking about wealth of the soul, that's your mental state. You can have a PhD, but if your mind is messed up, You see the problem? Pay attention. Number three, you need to have physical wealth. What did I call it? God has made provision for you to be wealthy in your physical state. And this is important because if you have Plenty of money. But physically, you're bankrupt. You will not even live to spend your money. You remember a brother by the name of Steve Jobs? This gentleman invented the Apple computer. He is worth billions. So when we say somebody rich... He is filthy rich. But he had cancer. And all those billions of dollars could not save him. He died. I'm not trying to make fun of him. I'm just trying to tell you, move away from just American culture definition of wealth. Because if you just have money and physically you are poor, you got a problem. That's true. You're done. Listen. The Bible says, all of your getting, get understanding. Notice that brother Steve Job. He had material wealth, but he was lacking physical wealth. 
The Bible is full of people like that. You ever heard of a man by the name Naaman? Naaman had all kinds of wealth. He was a general in Syrian army. But the Bible said he was a leper. Physically, he was in trouble. So even though he had all the money, even though he had all the reputation, guess what? He was locked up in the house. He cannot even come out. <laughs> My prayer for members of this church is that every one of us will be physically wealthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have good health, you are blessed man. You are a blessed woman. Now, but if you have all the gifts, you can sing like an angel. You can play instrument. You can teach, preach like Paul. And you your physical body break down. That's right, Reverend. Game over. So, begin today to think of being a wealthy man. Think of being a wealthy woman. Don't let people talk you out of what belongs to you. God wants you to be rich in spirit. God wants your soul to be rich. And even when people are jealous of you, let them talk. God wants you to be rich physically. Hallelujah. You remember that verse I quoted to you? Beloved, I wish above all, third John verse 2, I wish above all that you prosper Guess what else he talk about? And be in good health. So God has already gone ahead of you to make provision. We just need to get understanding and tap into that anointing. I struggle in this area of the wealth of our church. There was a time we even turned this building right here into an aerobic center. Because your pastor knows something. I'm not the normal pastor. I'm sure you've noticed that. I just didn't want you to be rich in praise and worship. I just didn't want you to be religious. I want everybody to live long. But guess what? After a while, that died out. You know why? Because people have no understanding that their physical wealth is just as important as their financial wealth or spiritual wealth or solical wealth. We even build a building 
$5.2 million. Nothing close to that in your neighborhood. Because I was thinking in my spirit. I said, this is not going to be normal church that you're used to. We're going to get out of the box. We created a gymnasium. We created a worker room. We created all kinds of opportunity for you to be wealthy physically. But guess what? There's a lot of poor people. Some people are so poor, they're ignorant, they don't even know they're poor. On one hand, I'm grateful that you are very supportive of the vision. I don't know of anything I want to do in this church that you don't rally around your pastor and say, let's go, we believe in you. But then now you are blessed. When are you going to use what you paid for? <laughs> Physical wealth. Ain't nobody shouting now. The worst thing that can happen to any human being is for you to have big ideas. Big dreams, big vision, but your physical body cannot carry out what you're thinking in your head. The mind can conceive it in your soul. You, you're wealthy, solical wealth, but physically, you're too messed up to carry out. Notice, oh, I wish I have time. I promise I'll finish on time. When God called Israel, notice what he did. He gave them laws that pertain to their spirit. But he didn't stop there. Then he gave them laws that pertain to their health. Why? Because he's a good God who wants to prosper your health. He told those people, don't eat this. Don't eat that. You need this much sleep. Why will a good God take the time? He even spelled out diets. Because he wants you to be made whole. Wouldn't it be sad if you can preach good, but you cannot even walk to the pulpit because you're physically messed up? Ain't nobody shouting today. Ladies and gentlemen, God is concerned about your physical health. 
So you have to ask yourself. I had to ask myself this question lately. I said, son of man, you know, have you ever talked to yourself? I do. And you can tell the world, man, our pastor is hallucinating now. He don't bother me. Well, they, they've talked about me anyway. I would talk to myself, son of man, are you eating properly? I'm just talking to me. Son of man, are you exercising? Son of man, are you getting enough sleep? Son of man, do you drink enough water in a day? And nobody shouting now. See, people don't want to come to church to hear this. But God has a reason. There are some things a Jewish person would never eat. You can tie a rope to his neck, he won't eat it. Because God said, don't, don't touch this. Will you be surprised how many of us will come to the house of God and shout all day and go home and put all this greasy food? Hey, don't turn me up. Another way you can prosper your health, ladies and gentlemen, is not just what the food. It's not just the exercise. Watch the company you keep. If you're always hanging around complainers and whiners, if you're always hanging around player haters, people who always find fault in other people, it will get in your spirit. It will get in your spirit. So you, you have to be careful who you hang around. I'll be honest with you. If I, I thank God for the Baptist, there's something we call the Baptist finger. It's the second one. When I find myself even among, <laughs> among preachers, and they are negative, and they say, I raise my Baptist finger, I tiptoe, right where you go, I got to go pee. <laughs> I'm protecting my spirit. I am pregnant with a miracle. I don't want you to abort my baby. I'm believing God to use me to reach nations. And you're going to tie me up to talk about some. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Number four, you need to be socially wealthy. In other words, it's not enough to have money. It's not enough to have spiritual wealth, financial wealth, solical wealth, physical wealth, if socially you are bankrupt. Some of you, you are good people, 
but the, your relationship. At home, you don't get along with your spouse. At home, you don't get along with your children. You see, socially, you are poor. Are you still here? God don't want that for none of his children. Amen, somebody. Ask yourself the question, who are the people in your environment? Who are in your circle of friends? You are as poor as the friends you keep. Did you hear what I just said? You show me your friend, I'll tell you about your wealth. Now, one thing I have to repent for when I get to heaven, there are people that my children will bring home. I say, baby, no, not that one. Daddy, people are just scared of you. It's all right. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, no, that Negro got to go. I am sure the day I die and these children have to say something, say, you see that man you see lying there? He is something. But you see, I want them to be wealthy. Socially, you have to be wealthy. You cannot be knowingly hanging out with a crackhead and expect to have a bright future. Are you still here? You are also as wealthy as the friends you hang out with. So if your relationship is not working, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your, it's your parenting or whatever, that's a sign of poverty. Some people have stress between them and their own parents. And they will come to church and shout all day. But they had no regard for their parents. Why do you think God said, honor your father? Honor your mother? You know, he gave you a clue about wholeness. He says, so that you will live long and so that it shall be well with you. Well. Well. I want my members to be wealthy. Go home. Call your loved ones. Say, I'm true with, with this foolishness. Daddy, I love you. Yes, man, I've had some differences. But we're going to put an end to that mess today. Hallelujah. Go home. Call people you are in relationship with. 
You don't need to be in blame game. Many times, God is my witness. I will call a peace conference with my own wife. Ain't no shame in my game. Because I want God to answer me when I pray. Sometimes we may not we may not go to a fancy restaurant and necessarily is as cheap as a mug. She's sitting there, she'll tell you. Yes, we just sit down. I will tell her so many things that she's doing to help me. Baby, I love you. I appreciate what you do here. I appreciate what you do here. I appreciate what you're doing here. But this one thing. You see, when you start out praising somebody, encouraging them, telling them how, how much a blessing they are, they will listen if you have any concern. I want you to be wealthy socially. Social wealth is very important. Some of you, you are working on a job and it's toxic. You don't get along with nobody. Come on now, come on. You're the only one who is right. Everybody is wrong. The CEO is wrong. The COO is wrong. The CFO is wrong. You're the only one who knows. You are a very poor person. <laughs> Ain't nobody shouting today. Let me hurry up to get out of here. You know what is so important about what I'm talking to you? The Bible is full of guidelines to this. Why do you think Jesus is teaching you and me, forgive those who offend you? You know what Jesus was trying to do? He's trying to make you wealthy. (laughs) He don't want you to be poor. He said, Brother Baba, this is the way you're going to be wealthy. Forgive those who offend you. He said, pray for even those who persecute you. Instead, you want to get up on social media and be cussing people out and be saying ugly things and be negative. Now young people are scared to go on, your, on Facebook because of you. And you're in the church. You call yourself a Christian. Some of you call yourself a preacher. Hey, don't turn me off. You know God sent me. The Bible says do good. To everyone. Even people that hate your God. Do good to them. Bless them. I was preaching one day. I said, send a card to your ex. Say, thank you. I look back over my life. I see, I thank you that you dumped me. If you never dumped me, I would never mind my boas. Thank you. You've been a blessing. I'm not mad at you. We're a friend. <laughs> I'm trying to teach you to be wealthy. Yes, 
Many times in life, you don't need money. What you need is people with money. But if you're not in good relationship with nobody. Jesus was an example of what I'm teaching you now. Oh, oh my time is, I've got to, to put an end today. You have to come back. 10 o'clock. <laughs> Jesus was a good example of what I'm teaching you. He was socially wealthy. He surrounded himself with people that have resources. He needed a boat. He didn't have no boat. But he knew somebody who does. One lady came to visit to hang out one time, and that lady broke an alabaster box, expensive perfume, like seventeen, eighteen thousand dollar worth in today's market. And some dodo bird, they say, "Oh no, don't don't do it." I'm so glad Jesus has a gentle spirit, because if I were here, as I slap you. I say you so poor. You don't belong to my team. Get out of here before before I've knocked you out. <laughs> Surround yourself <laughs> with people who are going somewhere. Amen. Somebody. Sometimes your problem is all the fact that your friends are all poor. Just make a list of them. You say, ah, I see what pastor is saying. Brother Baba broke. <laughs> and it's oh Lord. He broke. <laughs> Joseph was in jail. True story. Yo, Joseph was locked up. Joseph had no money. Had no contact, no connection. He's in a foreign country. He had nobody. But guess what he did? He learned what I'm teaching you now. He made friends in jail. So when his friend was leaving the jail, he told his friend, don't forget that I'm here. It was that relationship that propelled Joseph to become a prime minister. You know, people, they will tell you, oh, and the Lord anointed Joseph. You are anointed. Everybody here is anointed. God is a good God. He wants us to be whole. But what you do with it? God may choose to bless you through your own enemies. That's why you can't be... Peace. Some of you would not even talk to anybody that don't look like you. You then bankrupt yourself. I fool around, got into business with some brothers and sisters here. And I was listening. I listened to them. One day, they asked me, Reverend, you don't say much. What's cooking your spirit? 
I said, you really want me to tell you, you all are poor, broke folks. The way you think is small. If we're going to start business and all you want to sell to are black folks, you have cut off 50% of the whole country. What kind of stupidity? And all of a sudden, they, they thought they, they killed my child or something. I said, come on. You need to be socially wealthy. Some of you, you won't vote for anybody if it's not in your party. You broke. You are so broke. Even the devil is laughing at you. Can't you look at the person's character? Can't you look at, is this person going to help you, help your children, make you a better person? Small minds. That friend of Joseph, he got out of prison, and when the Pharaoh, he knew the president of Egypt, Pharaoh. And when Pharaoh got in trouble, there was famine, he told the president, he said, I know of a young man, he's in jail. I bet he can help us. You see that connection? The rest was history. That president sent for Joseph. Joseph came out, solved the problem. Everybody blessed. The whole nation of Egypt became a provider for the entire world. You have to be socially wealthy. Let me say one or two things because we have to to finish. You need influential wealth. What do I mean by influential wealth? You must be rich in influence. How do you become rich in influence? You have to make yourself more valuable. Revalue yourself. There's more to you than just having a pretty face. I preached that yesterday. Revalue. Bring yourself to the table that you have so many things to offer. Even financially, you ought to have what we call streams of income. That money is coming in from this end, from that end, from that end. You, you can't even keep up. You, you are so blessed. You are more than just a school teacher. I get tickled when I go to places and they're trying to introduce me. They don't know what to call me. You have to be wealthy by influence. You can't just say he's a preacher. Really? Get a clue, baby. God has blessed every one of us here so much. You have so much to offer. Don't just, oh, I'm retired. Really? If you retire, why are you not dead? You know why you're still alive? Because there's so much in you. Begin to pray. The Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Father. 
Revalue yourself. One lady came to me one day. She was working at a place called Pancrase. And she was a social worker. She said, I just need counseling. Yes, ma'am. She said, I enjoy what I'm doing. I love my job, but I'm not making enough. I tried to find me a husband. That didn't work out. I said, that's the problem. You need to find yourself, not a husband. I should be. Then I ask her, I say, sister, what do you like to do besides being a social worker? And she began to tell me different things she liked to do. I said, you see, I'm listening to you, and I'm seeing money everywhere. I said, so why, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you, if, if the devil closed one door, what about this door? What about that door? What about that? One of the things she told me is that she loved to read. I said, bingo. I said, have you ever thought about becoming a lawyer? Oh, she said, oh, you got to be funny. I said, that's all they do. They, they're not extra smart. You just told me you enjoy reading. Or are you lying to me? No, she said, I really do enjoy reading. I said, bingo. And she took my word. As a social worker, she went to law school. And she graduated. And she took the bar. And she got licensed. And her income, all of a sudden, doubled. Overnight. She came to me, she just broke down. She just broke down. She said, I didn't know I have all this in me. I said, God has made all of us wealthy. But the question is, what do you do with it? Her name is Elizabeth Turnhill. A white sister. Till today, she's still sending me money. Just to say thank you. Thank you for waking up the giant in me. I didn't know I had it. Every one of us here, we are so special in the sight of God. We are the apple of his eyes. Let me say this with utmost humility. I will walk into people in the city and they will tell me, Pastor, forgive me, I couldn't reach you, but I use your name. I use your name, and I got this job. I was not there. But you know what he's telling me about? He said, you are, you are, you are wealthy, influence. So I use your influence. My own children will tell me they go to places and once they hear their last name, they'll say, are you? And doors swing wide open. God wants to make you wealthy by influence. Are you listening to me? Jesus understand what I'm teaching you. You know one time, she knew, Jesus knew we were messed up. So he said in John 14, 14, he said, you can go to the Father. 
Use my name. <laughs> then he said, anything you ask the father. <laughs> he knew he is wealthy. He's influenced. I got to stop. Do you understand what I'm talking about? What kind of influence do you have in your family? Some of you have pets. When you come to the house, does your pets pay attention? Or they just ignore you, just another number. What kind of influence do you have in your own family? What kind of influence do you have in your community? What kind of influence do you have in your church? Are you just a member? Can I be brutally honest with you? Some people will die. And guess what? The place will be packed out. I even noticed this about my choir. Every time somebody died, we'll tell them, we're going to have home going. I know exactly when the choir will be full. I know exactly when the choir will be empty. Before I come to church, how do I know? Because it depends on the influential wealth. How you pay attention? This is serious business. People ain't coming to your party if you are not a person of influence. In conclusion, by the way, you know what I've been talking about when I talk about influence? I'm saying, do you have a good name? That's all I'm asking. Do you have a good reputation? Are you the person that they will hear your name? They say, oh, oh no, don't. Let's go to the next page. I can just come here and call to you and say, a good name is better than precious. But that don't help many people. So I'm breaking it down to see how the scripture applies to real life. Even you ought to have a community wealth. What do I mean by community wealth? You have to be wealthy in your own community. It means being able to improve the life of other people. Ask yourself the question, what are you doing to make Central Louisiana better? If you cannot come up with anything, you are a very poor person when it comes to community wealth. Can I tell you a little secret? Maybe you cannot handle it. You see, 
When a person died, nobody will talk about how much money you have. Nobody will talk about how many houses and land you. The only thing they will talk about is your community wealth. What you have done to help others. I was chatting with one of my members uh, yesterday. Uh, uh, she shared with me, she said, Pastor, you're so good preaching home going. I said, I really don't like preaching home going, to be honest with you. If it's up to me, I keep everybody alive. But she said, I've come to several of you, and the way you will explain the Bible. You see, all I'm doing is capitalizing on a person's community wealth. I want you to be rich. I want everybody here to have a community wealth so that nobody has to lie. Oh, I got to stop. Everybody stand. I'm out of time. I want us to pray. I want us to pray for wealth. I want God to open the eyes of your understanding, my understanding. Let's believe God for big things. Father God, we are grateful for the opportunity to learn your word. I pray today in the precious name of Jesus that true wealth would know your address. Open your mouth, shout amen. I pray today in the name of Jesus that wealth that comes from above, divine wealth will locate you. I pray divine wealth will locate every one of your children. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. I come now against every hindrance, every obstacle, every spirit of delay, every spirit of poverty, every generational curse that is assigned to you. I break it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed in your body. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, be healed, made whole. Lord, we thank you for spiritual wealth. Lord, we thank you for solical wealth. Lord, we thank you for physical wealth. Lord, we thank you for influential wealth, oh God. We thank you for social wealth. We thank you for community wealth. Everything you have in stock for your children. We name, we claim it right now. It is so. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. Come on, open your mouth, shout amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for being in church. The Lord has touched your heart to be a part of this ministry. Pastor and his wife will stay right here in the front. Please come and.
join us. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Have a blessed week, and may God bless you all.